You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business. Okay, so for everyone in the audience today, I want to introduce Deanna. She has a salon and has been in ownership how long? How long have you been an owner? I started my business in 2004. So I've been okay. a owner for 17 years. Okay, great. So you've been, been around. You've seen a good amount of stuff, a few cycles of employees, I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, we've yeah. had many shifts in the last 17 years. So um, it's just, it's been, it's been fun to watch and, you know, a little bit of pivoting every now and then, um, you know, is, is kind of normal, you know. So would you tell the audience, where are you located? I'm located in downtown Huntington Beach, California, right by the pier. You can see the pier from my um, Yeah. That is one of my favorite, favorite spots. I love Huntington Beach. Um, so I came across Deanna and her space actually on Instagram and we started chatting during COVID just about closures and kind of what she was going through in Southern California. And I found her perspective really, really interesting and just the way she's looked at this as a fresh start, as a new horizon in her career. And so that's why I wanted her to come speak with everyone today. And so I know we talk, we've talked a lot about in the past episodes about just general discomfort, embracing discomfort and seeing growth. But I want to talk to what's happening right now for a lot of people. And this is not just for the salon industry, right? This is for anyone else. If you're in fitness or you might have a restaurant or something else. And so Deanna, can you tell me um, about your experience in the last year? Like how long were you closed? What did it look like for staff? So we, when COVID came out, it was, you know, for here, we closed about mid-March, early, early Mm -hmm. March. And we, we were shut down, obviously the first shutdown, you know, nobody really knew the extent of what we were going to, what we were in for. We shut down for, you know, a good three months, three and a half months, reopened for about a month, shut down again for about, I want to say about about the same amount of time. And then we reopened again, um, reopened. And then we had a third shutdown uh, this summer. And that one was about a month and a half or so. So I want to say within the whole realm of the year, we were closed down for close to 10, 10 and a half, 11 months. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because too, is reopening and closing. There's a lot going into that. There's you know, once you're closed for a while, it's cleaning and dusting and reordering and getting everything, all their staff back on track. And that, that was a challenge is people got complacent and were getting unemployment. And and so people sometimes weren't weren't as apt to wanting to come back to work and not wanting to rush into it. Whereas of course me as an owner, I'm like, 
Don't you guys want to get back to working and making money? <laughs> you know, yeah. so that was, that and they're was, like, we are making money. What are you are talking making, about? Exactly. <laughs> it was comfortable for them. And, and, and it came down to, you know, what was your income? And you know, if your income was $3,000 a month, you were getting compensated what you're used to. But if you make $150,000, $200,000 a year, that was not going to work. And so everybody's mm-hmm. perspective of, of how much income they were making was dependent on when they wanted to get back to work. So it was just, you know, a lot of shuffling, a lot of shuffling, towel service, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, I had to go to washing the towels myself and, and doing stuff like that, which was all about making it work. Making mm-hmm. it work. Mm-hmm. And did you see, I've heard this from a few other owners as well, but did you see people just be done? Either want to work, so be like, oh, this is going to last forever. I need to go work, not with a team, just solo or leave the industry. Yeah, I mean, it happened to me. I mean, I lost about three people right when we shut down the first time. They had Mm -hmm. kids, you know, it really showed people's true commitment to our craft or to their job. Mm Um, to just throw it away was okay for them. If they didn't have that big of a clientele or if they were newer to the salon, they just were were done. But it also came down to, did they have to pay rent still? And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of them, you know, some of them didn't want to pay me rent and some of them were very supportive on paying me rent. So that was also mm-hmm. one of the biggest issues for me was how do I navigate compensation during a closure? That was, that was really right. I think that um, what I'd like the audience to know is, which I wasn't 100% aware of, is that a lot of businesses in your area were still required to pay rent. Like there wasn't a relief for your business costs, even though you weren't allowed to be open, correct? Correct. I did not know what to do at the beginning. Of course, at the beginning, it was, let's just roll with week to week and see what happens. And you guys will have to pay me back and I'll, I'll charge you half rent and you'll just have to pay me back. We'll just, I didn't even know what to do. It, it was such a, a moment of emotion and people quitting. And I was like, wait, hold on, like, hold on. We don't know what's going to happen, but you know, a lot of, you know, them didn't want to hang in there. And, and, and that's when I knew too, that those weren't my people. And that was mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. was, you know, if they're willing to leave me that quick, then they're not, they're not my people. That's a big part of being a salon owner is finding your tribe, finding your right, the people that to work with you and for you. Um, mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. So it was really eye-opening for me, but it also was, I took it, at, it with positive heart. Mm-hmm. And all I could do was just be positive and supportive of them in whatever decision they made. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a different time to see people leave and rearrange then when you can be open, like the reasons for people leaving and things like that are so different at different times in our business. Yes, and people did leave. So I mean, they stopped yeah. doing hair, period. They yeah, people just left. Yeah. It, and I understand if someone had really struggles with anxiety or has been questioning their career, like it was a, it was a good time for people to exit. If that makes sense, like to be like, oh, okay, like I can't, I can't do it. So one of the things that 
we were talking about a little bit off recording off mic earlier was just the way that you've chosen to embrace this discomfort. Because one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you and know more about you is because you were so open with your journey. And there was information that I got that wasn't really being publicized on main like media, like people didn't really know what was going on for the small business owner until people were bold enough to talk about it, which was so sad for me. And so I've really watched you kind of from afar, embrace discomfort and be open about it. And so it's a two part question. So what have you learned in the process about being more open and vulnerable with your discomfort? And then also, what have you decided with your business that's made you feel like stronger than ever because of it? Ooh, that's a deep question. Okay. It's um, a loaded question. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's so much discomfort, but I embrace the discomfort. But I think, I mean, first of all, what I can say is what got me through this year was God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I, I grew up in the church and I haven't been close to God in a long time. And I was driving from the salon. Sorry. No, you're okay. And I turned on this um, radio channel. It's called Caleb here in, in California. And I'd never listened to it before. And I started listening to it. And I just, it hit me. It hit me like, like, a, like a brick wall. Like I ran into a brick wall. And it was like God coming to me saying, Deanna, you got this. Just don't stop. Keep going. This, you're going to get through this. And so from that day forward, I listened to this channel every day. Every time I got in my car, I would say I'm going to church. And every time I got in my car on the way home from the salon or wherever I was going that day, it was like I was going to church. That's why I say, let's go to church. And he started leading me on what to do. And, and, and what it was, was he was basically telling me to not quit, to not stop, to not let this thing ruin everything I worked so hard for. Yeah. Yeah. So what I decided to do about my business was push was to do what I had to do, whether it was illegal or not. (laughs) I did what I had to do to save my business. And I did what I had to do to keep my girls and keep my, the, the little bit that I have left to keep them happy, to support them and to try to be the best leader that I was taught how to be. And mm-hmm. so that's, I made that decision, you know, to, and, and God was just not letting me quit. Every time I would get down and depressed, and I'm not lying. There were days when I, you know, I was worried about myself and I was worried about my future, about the roof over my head. You know, I've had to let so many things go over the last year, you know, my car, my, you know, you know I'm still contemplating having to move out of my house um, but I'm, I'm a fighter I, and, and the reason I'm such a fighter is because God's got my back and, um, I just decided to fight for it, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fight for it. It just wasn't an option to let it go. Yeah. The thing I love about that is you truly do, whether people listening, whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, I think there has to be, there has to be something greater than yourself that's worth digging into in these types of situations because you can't, I mean, you can't do it by yourself. Like this was an impossible 
especially, I mean, I know for me personally, I only had to go through one shutdown and all of the organization and all of the protocol and all the sanitation and the financial strain of it. And so knowing how much people had to go through, it's so heavy to carry by yourself. Oh yeah. And so I just love that. I mean, even in that, I love that you're like, when I got in the car, I turned it on. I mean, you could have listened to the news. You could have like just endlessly focused on what was coming at you and what was horrible. <laughs> what I focused on was I did, I, I turned off the news. I literally turned it off. Um, I did not listen to any, any, any noise. I, I, I literally put my blinders on and put, put music into my ears and I literally focused on what did I really want? And what I wanted was to get through this. Mm -hmm. And um, the support of my clientele was pretty epic as well. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were some people that pulled through for me, clients I hadn't seen in years, sending me money through Venmo. That's amazing. I, I just, it blew my mind, the love I got and the support I got. So all that did was fuel me up and push me and just, it just kept the fuel in my fire. The, all, all these people and God, my clients, and, you know, believe it or not, my family was my, the least supportive for me during the shutdown. Unfortunately, but fortunately, but what came out of it was amazing because I had so much more support that I never really tapped into before or knew that was even there. And so here we go. I just feel so empowered by my faith, purely by faith and by, by friends and clients, mm -hmm. and, uh, people rooting me on being my cheerleader. It, it, was, it was the hardest year of my life for so many people, but it, it, I have to say it was the biggest year of growth for me. And looking back now, did you know at the time, I mean, maybe now you do, but did you know that you had a choice? I mean, you were overwhelmed, you were uncomfortable, but it sounds like from what you're saying, you're kind of like, I just did what I needed to do. Well, I think at the beginning, we didn't know what to do because we were being yeah. told what to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I made that conscious decision to where I'm not going to be scared of this, I'm not going to lose my business over this, I'm just not doing it. I, I, I just, it just mm -hmm. was a no-go a no for me. And, you know, did I have some people push back at me and think I was crazy or think that, you know, I was being reckless, yeah, of course, but I didn't listen to any of it. I drowned out all that noise with Christian music. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sometimes the last place you think you'll be, but sometimes. Every day. You know what? Every day. Literally lifted me and lifted all of that negativity, just pulled it out of me and my life. Mm -hmm. Every day I would turn it on. And I still do it to this day. There was just no... Nothing drowning me anymore. The backpack, the heavy backpack, the depression, the, the heavy cloud, gone. It was just like, even through all of this madness and hysteria, I saw a path. I knew that I had to thrive now because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a strong woman. I, I was not going to let this get me down. So now as you look ahead... Your pre-COVID life to now, well, almost post-COVID and like the three-quarter, the midway, wherever we are. Home stretch. As, as you go into the next phase of your business, what has changed? 
have your standards changed about who you have with you? Have your systems changed? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, you nailed it because who I decide to work with is probably, or who I, I mean, people I, I hire, I mean, is probably my biggest thing is who do I want in my life? Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in my life and in my salon, the you know, in 2018, 19, that when I was going through other transitions that I was like, what was I thinking? So now I, I, I think a lot deeper. I spend a little mm-hmm. more time with them when I, when I choose to bring someone on as a renter. It's a big deal for me now because my life is different. And I choose to lead, be a leader, but not be too, too pushy or too involved in their life as well. Because that was mm-hmm. a hard, that's a really hard, as you would know, it's, it's a hard uh, game to play is how close can you get and how, and then you don't want to pull back too much because you don't want them to think you don't care. So I'm trying to find that happy medium right now of what's too much, what's not enough. And just being the best leader I can be to these girls. Cause my number one thing for them is I want you to be successful and I'll do whatever I have to do to help you get there. That's my number one priority is that they're happy. Yeah. And I love now, I mean, in you have a story for anyone that's struggling to be like, listen, <laughs> if I can do this, like it just, I feel like hearing your story just gives people a firmer foundation to stand on. And it's so powerful because you can be business coached all day long, you know, and have people tell you what to do and read all the books. But until you have to weather a storm and decide whether you're going to embrace it or run from it, you don't know, you know, you don't really have legs to what you're saying. And so as we wind on this episode, I would love to hear if there's anyone right now making the decision, whether they want to stay open or shut down or make some kind of transition, what would you say to them? Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up because there's, there's always ways to work it out. I mean, I think people just look at one path and they don't see that there's so many roads leading into this one path. And that, it doesn't mean there are roads leading out, but there's so many roads that lead in so many branches to this one path. And you have to look at all of the, the different facets of, of, of our business. You know, there's always ways to, to rework it and to find ways to make it work, but also reach out to your leader, reach out to your leader. You know, I have been trained by and, and, and coached by some of the, one of the best women on this planet, you being one of them as well, that are so supportive that have taught me how to do what I'm doing right now. I didn't learn how to be a good leader on my own. I read books. I had an amazing business coach in 2019. I have learned a lot. So if you're not sure what to do, reach out to someone such as yourself, Lauren, to help you get on the right path and to help you get into the right frame of mind of how to grow your business back. Reach out to me. I am so happy to help anybody. And that is the main reason I wanted to come on today too was to how can I help? How can I help people right now give them the faith that they they can weather this storm? And it's not a storm that's going to last forever. This is just a hiccup. Yeah. It's amazing how how vital some of the unnecessary or non-priority uh, businesses became so necessary for some, some people. So 
where can people reach you? Where can you tell us what your Instagram handle is, your email? Where would you like people to connect with you? Well, I'm at, 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 at Studio 37 Salon in Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. or my personal's at Deanna the Daymaker. Um, you can just DM me there, and I'm happy to reach out and spend time just listening. If you just need someone to listen, but I'm also there to help you figure out a way to make, make it work. Cause you know, I did, I made it work and it's possible. And if you're, if you're defeated as a younger stylist and you're not going to be able to grow right now and you're not going to be able to push through this, that's all noise. You guys, that is all noise. There is no way you can't make this work. And if you love it and you're true to your craft, it's something you really want. It's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Deanna, I mean, wow, what an incredible story of faith and authenticity. I love how she embraces the mess of the story and everything she's had to overcome and how committed she is to sharing with others. And she's willing to tell her story to help anyone in need. I hope you are encouraged and uplifted and truly inspired by what she was able to do and how she was able to hold on in the midst of adversity. And if you are in the messy middle, if you're coming into the end of maybe some COVID restrictions or just not knowing where to go from here, feeling undone by what the last year has thrown at you, I would love to help you. And here's what I'd want you to do first. Go to lauren-gish.com slash webinar. That's Lauren dash gish.com slash webinar and sign up to watch the webinar. And I'm going to walk you through a five-step game plan that my clients use to go from overwhelmed, overworked and drowning in debt to rested in control of their businesses and more profitable. So even if you're self-proclaimed bad at business or aren't sure if you want to continue on, I've laid it out for you in five easy steps. Thank you so much for listening today. I truly believe that we are better together. I'll see you in the next episode.